Episode 230 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm managing editor Kirk Seminoff sitting in for a vacationing bill this week. Wichita's downtown area has had a series of victories and losses over the past 60 years. Once bustling with major department stores in the 60s and 70s, it suffered with inactivity in the 80s and 90s, and even into the 21st century a bit. But over the past decade or so, downtown has been on the rebound. Much like a basketball team, the Wichita Business Journal brought five players from the downtown rebound together to talk about what they've seen and what they see in downtown's future. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Ghost kitchens are the cover story in this week's edition. Those are restaurants within restaurants that don't serve food in a dining room, rather only by delivery or takeout. Reporter Shelby Kellerman looks at their increasing popularity and what they could mean for the local restaurant scene. That begins on page eight. This week's list is the Wichita area's largest office buildings. See what they are and what kind of vacancies they have on page 12. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 16. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, the Wichita Business Journal held its first in-person summit in almost two years this week. It's been a while. It was the ICT Summit, and it brought together more than a dozen community and business leaders to talk about the city moving forward. Two of the panels were about education and leading businesses out of the pandemic. But today we want to bring you excerpts from a third panel called Defining Wichita. Moderated by the head of Lamb Development, George Lamb, it was made up of Paul Jackson of Vantage Point Properties, Nick Esterline of TGC Development Group, Terry Malone of Martin Pringle Attorneys at Law, and James Nastars of Meritrust Credit Union. The five talked about their downtown projects, the up and down history of Wichita's downtown core, and what they see ahead. We start with George Lamb talking about the risk of developing downtown, then move into questions from the audience. That the confidence level in downtown has grown over the years, which has reduced our risk. But there, there's risk in, in going, there has been historic risk in going into downtown. And you go back to 1990, when Dave Burke decided to launch Old Town. I mean, really, downtown was at, kind of at its low. Um, you know, back, I can remember in, this, in the late 60s, early 70s, um, downtown had, had Macy's and Dillard's, and there was a lot going on in downtown. Henry's, for those of you who can remember. Um, but there was a lot going on in downtown, and a lot of the storefronts were full. And then through the 80s and 90s, uh, it, we had deterioration. But when, when Dave started in 1990, when he started Old Town, um, he truly was a pioneer down there. And he did it one building at a time, and with cooperation from the city of Wichita and redeveloping those streets, 
one street at a time, one building at a time, and really Old Town kind of changed the trajectory, trajectory of downtown. And I think from Old Town uh, moving forward, I think it really helped uh, get us to where we are today and for all of us um, up on the stage uh, to be there today because Old Town really kind of set the stage for, um, for all the new development. Cargill was a huge, a huge hit for, for Wichita and their commitment to our city um, has been wonderful. So we've seen a lot of things happen. We have a long way to go and we, um, you know, it, it, takes, it takes both public and private to make this happen. Um, we have with us today City Council Member Brian Fry. Brian's been on the council now for six years and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be on the council for another two, if not longer. And so Brian has been a part of, of helping with the public side of making downtown what it is today. And he's also uh, very involved in, in the planning of what downtown is gonna be tomorrow, including Century Two, the Convention Center, and the other projects that are, that are on the board. He was very involved in getting uh, Lou and the wind surge team to Wichita, and that happened relatively quickly uh, for the size of the project. You think about building an $80 million stadium in downtown Wichita, and again, um, our, you know, our timing um, was 2020, but again, it wasn't built for 2020. It's built for the long term, and we have a beautiful, beautiful stadium, and I think we're gonna see wonderful things to come at the stadium. The first question from the audience asked about what was happening with the old Commerce Bank building at First and Main, and George Lamb had the answer. So um, I'm involved with uh, a couple of investors in the old Commerce building, which is right across from Meritrust. He hasn't thrown any rocks yeah, at me lately. Yeah, yes. uh, but um, that building is 10 stories, so it's at the corner of First and Main on the southeast corner. And that's where Commerce Bank was before they moved out to Waterfront. The building is 153,000 square feet. It's a, it's a big building. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's maybe the fifth largest building in Wichita. So it's been vacant for, help me, Paul. Has it been 10, not 15? Yeah, and, and so when they left the building, they left everything in it. The typewriters, the files, everything. They didn't take a thing with them when they moved out to Waterfront. But uh, it's an interesting building. It was built in the 1950s, and certainly the mid-century architecture, very similar in architectural style to the, uh, the Lux and to the Colorado Derby building, all built kind of in the same period. And so uh, the, the people we're involved with, um, you know, are looking at all the options, whether it be office or apartment. But there are, there are plans in the works, Shelby, Plans in the works, uh, but nothing to be announced today. And, but um, again, it, it, we have some really great renderings of what it can look like and we're working, we're still in the planning stages, but it again could be uh, a neat renovation of a mid-century building in, in downtown. Just, just listening to you guys speak, I'm from Augusta, Georgia. Beautiful city and is growing in so many ways, but that downtown just can't seem to pop and they've always had conversations about trying to get downtown Augusta, Georgia moving. And when I talk to people, and I heard someone on the panel here say it, that 
downtown Wichita just wasn't always like that, what I see. And when, I, when, I, when I'm here now and I see it, <clears throat> not only do I see development, but I see things happening down there. There's a big old river fest every year. There's a prayer fire run twice. There's food truck festivals. It, it's active. People are living downtown. People are working downtown. I'm kind of curious, because when you talk to Wichitans and you hear about it, it just sounds like it, used, it is for Augusta, Georgia. What was the thing that tipped it over? Why is it not like that anymore? Or maybe it's not just any one thing, but how do we get from it wasn't always like that to a thriving Wichita downtown today? You know, it, what was the tipping point? And you know, Paul, Paul said it earlier, and this may seem a little strange, you can agree with me or disagree, but you know, it was, it was the railroad station, it was Cargill, it, you know, baseball is fairly recent, so, but it's, it's, it's part of the evolution of downtown. But you know, I, I kind of pin it on the flag. You know, it seems like a, a turning point seven years ago, five years ago, whatever it may be, when the Wichita flag, which was from 100 years ago, got revived. And there really started to be this pride. And in addition to uh, people like Councilmember Fry, it also took the Greater Wichita Partnership. Evan is with us today from the Greater Wichita Partnership. And they've done a really wonderful job of taking the public sector and the private sector you know, the city, the county, and the private sector, and, and working together and bringing everyone together. And that really wasn't an organization that we had from an economic development standpoint in the past. And so I, I really would like to give a lot of credit to the Greater Wichita Partnership for kind of being the spokesperson, being uh, the lead on, on making things happen in, in downtown. And they've spread their wings throughout the city, but the focus has truly been on downtown, and I give them a lot of credit for making that happen. I don't know how you guys feel. I'll second that. I'm, I'm the outsider, so I came here a little less than nine years ago after living in Austin for 33 years. Um, and when I first got here, there was a lot of, a lot of, why would you want to move here from Texas or Austin, to the point where I was like, you know, did I make a mistake coming here? But I'll, I will second that. It, it seems coincidental with the flag, but certainly the commitment of the Greater Wichita Partnership and other very intentional decisions around the importance of having a, a vibrant downtown to kind of restart the city. And that seemed to be a turning point where I just don't hear that anymore. And I think to your point, you know, we're not from Kansas, we're from Wichita, people know where that is. It was a very tangible change uh, for the reasons you mentioned. Yep. I'd add, I'd add one thing to that, too, that I think has been really important, and, and I know we sat back as a company and just watched this for a while purposely, but, and that's the presence of so many residential units downtown. Um, Dave Burke, for a long time, was doing you know, a few units at a time and buying old buildings and renovating those, and um, it took a while to develop any sense of scale to that. But then you had larger developers come and start doing larger buildings, and River Vista's brand new build uh, from ground up. And what I've noticed in downtown and the vibe is, is really largely because of the people. You've got the, the scooters, we had bikes. You go down any time of the, of the week or weekend, and there are people walking around um, doing things. And 10 years ago in Wichita, that was not the case. Um, and I, I think the homes of the, the, the apartments have made a, a big, big difference in the success. I'm going to agree with both of you, but there's one other thing we haven't spoken about and need to, and the arena. 
was also, it was the first thing that got built that really started that momentum you guys have all talked about. I mean, once the arena happened, then all these other things started happening and everything that you're all talking about. Well, you know, and, you know, the arena, is it, is the arena 12 years old now? Yeah, probably, probably so, probably so. And, you know, the, the, the neat thing about the arena is that we were able to pass a countywide one-cent sales tax. Um, I believe the arena cost about $180 million to build, and we had the one-cent sales tax for 20 months, only 20 months. And we raised $206 million to build that arena and had no debt service. We were just able to build it and be done. And, again, um, we, we need to see that kind of creativity in, in our future projects, which we'll come back to in a few minutes. The next question was about what are in the plans to make more amenities downtown for residents, which includes talk of the long-needed downtown grocery market. You know, and that's, that's the age-old question, and we all, we all ask, when is there going to be a grocery store? Why didn't Gander Mountain become a grocery store? You know, um, and, and so it, it, it's very similar to what we experienced out in the suburbs. As we were developing Wilson Estates at 21st and Rock, and we developed out 21st Street to Greenwich, 127th, 143rd, 159th, Andover. A lot of that corridor, we were involved in the development. And so as we're, uh, and we joint ventured with Richie's, and they did all the residential out there. We were involved in the commercial uh, at Regency Lakes where uh, Target and Cabela's is and so forth. But what it took to get Target, think about 2003, 21st and Greenwich. Um, I can remember uh, we had bought the, the, the corner where Regency Lakes is. We'd sat there for quite a while, since 97. But when we, when we, in 2003, when we started Target, there wasn't one building standing at that intersection, if you can imagine that. That was 2003. But what it took in order to get a grocery store in, you know, in Target at that intersection is it takes rooftops. And one of the things we've always said, it takes roads to, you know, paving 21st Street into five lanes, it signals, so forth. It takes roads to get rooftops to get the houses developed out there. And it takes rooftops to get retail, grocery, restaurants, etc. So you've got to have the density. You've got to have the rooftops. You have to have the people that are going to support the grocery. And I think the same thing applies in downtown. I think once we get the density of people, and it's, you know, in the interim, it's tough because you're going to move downtown, but I've got to drive a distance to go get my groceries. But unfortunately, that's how retailers look at a market, is they want density because they don't want to take the risk of coming down and saying, yes, I know that there's a study that shows 2,500 new apartment units coming in the next three years. They want those units in place with, they want a stable base of residential with the study that says there'll be 2,500 more coming. So it's, it, it is a kind of a conundrum, but um, it, it's, it's great that people have been willing to move downtown in spite of some of the inconveniences. And the more people that move downtown, the more support services we'll see. The next question was about challenges in developing downtown. And Nick Esterline talked about his Spaghetti Works project and even reached out to council member Brian Fry with a question. I, I can speak a little bit to that, um, as everybody else can. Um, you know, the Spaghetti Works, Nasker Park, that project, um, gosh, that project took us over four years uh, from the time we bought it and uh, have 
were able to realize a project there. And I can't, I can't tell you there's any one problem or hurdle or objection other than, uh, you know, you're trying to pull a lot of pieces together that have never been pulled together. And it takes a lot of collaboration. Uh, it takes a lot of people thinking about it. Uh, it takes a lot of people uh, challenging you and, and questioning what you uh, what you're proposing to do. But I'll tell you the it wasn't a problem for us. It was what I would call frustrating at first, and then refreshing as we started to realize what was happening. Is people were jumping in. People were jumping in to say, "Hey, I think you ought to consider this." Oh, that's wonderful. You're actually absolutely right. Um, I mean, Brian, how many conversations did we have about NASCAR Park? Dozens. Dozens, if not tens of, I mean, just, and people became more and more interested and the more you would involve yourself in what you're trying to do and put it out there, people would come out of the woodwork and say, you know, I've looked at that for years and here's an idea. Oh, fantastic idea. Now we have to unwind a few things that we've been thinking about or working on. So I think biggest hurdles are maybe the opportunities. And that was the opportunity to collaborate with a heck of a lot of people, uh, figure out what's gonna be the right fit. And as George said earlier, it, it's a quilt. And so uh, realizing that you're a piece of a puzzle and not trying to be the entire puzzle um, is, is pretty unique. You know, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you go out to the suburbs, it's a little bit of a greenfield blank slate you can create. And when you're doing downtown, you have to not only be mindful of what you're trying to accomplish, but you gotta start looking around you and go, okay, well, how's this gonna affect everybody else and what's gonna be good for everybody? That, that was probably our biggest hurdle, was going through that process and the time it took, so. Yeah, I, I think there's, you know, you, you definitely, in, in the greenfield, you have more of a, a, a blatant canvas to, to work from in downtown you have, you know, you have confines which you have to deal with. Some revealing insights from people with heavy involvement in downtown development. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 230. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.